namaste and welcome i hope you are staying warm keeping the mask on and enjoying what is happening because remember this is the opportunity for us to move into the space that really serves us so let's take the opportunity by its neck like they say and let's do it i have the first topic for you is additional simple thought processes to assist you to get rid of the clutter now by now if you have heard my previous four lectures or discussions you know i am very passionate about keeping things simple so that's exactly what we are going to do so the first thing is to keep things simple follow the laser beam theory now what does that mean it simply means to have different compartments in your thought process like you would have different drawers for different items same way have different compartments in your head in your consciousness in your activities and each of those compartments have your different responses to different situations for example to be healthy this is your protocol to be wealthy this is your protocol to have healthy relationships this is your protocol so the idea here is to keep things simple keep compartments and follow those compartments as your backup or the forefront plan so health wealth relationships keep different compartments for that eat well move well sleep well keep different compartments for that and try and stick to those compartments as far as possible for the ones who have followed my previous discussions you also know i'm very passionate about being flexible and adapting to the situation so have a plan then have a backup and then have a backup so you essentially have three options to go back to so have a plan have a backup and another backup now work the plan and feel the emotion of it manifesting in every cell in every breath try and be it completely be kind to yourself and slow with yourself remember results changes in beliefs in values your needs your wants it takes time there is no shortcut there is no 21 day plan there is no 5 day diet plan all these things are just to get you started it's not going to complete it for you so remember and understand that your body takes time rather if you are aware of your body and your mind and when i say body the whole spectrum physical emotional mental spiritual you will know the patterns that don't serve you you will know when there's a sickness coming you will be able to tell the change of weather and the patterns happening around you so you will become aware of not only you but the environment around you meditate daily to know yourself to know yourself means sitting by yourself 
and writing, dancing, thinking, and just understanding yourself in the morning when you wake up and in the night when you sleep as a minimum. Now, meditation does not have to be strict. It can be fun. It can be light. It can be childlike. It can be relaxed. There are many different forms of meditations, from active meditations to passive meditations. So choose a meditation that works for you. For example, asanas also are a form of meditation because you're beginning to understand your physical body in the asana. When you hold the asana, the yoga pose, you will also be able to understand the breathing, the emotions that are coming with it. So I encourage you to slow things down. Have a plan, have a backup, and be gentle to yourself. Focus on the state of being you want to be in and what you need to do to be in that being. Create the process. Think of that circle of safety that I have shared with you. Most of the times, we worry about or focus on what is not happening. Like I am having a bad day. I can't get food. I can't get water. I don't know what's going to happen. These are all the negative approaches that we create. Try and shift that to being in the state you want to be in. For example, if you have a problem with sleep or sleeping at the right time, ask for what you want. I would like to fall asleep at 11 p.m. or 9 p.m. And when I wake up, this is how I would like to feel. So create the feeling that you want. Rewrite what the brain is used to. Rewrite what you've been taught and teach yourself a new pattern. If you think it's difficult, I simply want to ask you something. How is it that when the order for the lockdown or the request for the lockdown was given to us here in India, we just did it because we knew it's for the greater good. So it didn't matter what belief you had, what values you were pulling on at that point, we just did it. Likewise in Australia and likewise in Sweden, when Sweden, they were given maximum freedom and responsibility as individuals to take charge of the situation. And if you see, Sweden is not that far out from everybody else. In fact, I have a personal feeling that Sweden has used the power of herd immunity. What other countries are doing, as much as I do agree with the lockdown in some countries, it's just important to be careful of that line of having a lockdown and having a lockdown and being negative in our own mindsets. So it's important for us within that lockdown for each individual to create the frequency of health and happiness. Do it not for yourself, but do it for everybody around you. And once you do that, you will tune in to the herd immunity, not the herd mentality. So it's going to be a fantastic space for us to follow what Sweden is doing, what America is doing, what India is doing. And then we can have a fantastic discussion on this at the end of this journey that we are on. Own yourself. That is the most important thing I can share with you. Own yourself, or excuse my French, <clears throat> own your shit. 
If you are in a certain way, admit it. For example, most people want to lose weight or put on weight, right? It's the physical body, which is a trap anyway, but that we will discuss at a later time. Now, when people want to lose weight or gain weight or get a body shape that they want, and you put them on a strict nutrition plan, like I keep saying, if you have a goal, you have to adapt your actions to suit that goal. You can't want to look like a bodybuilder and train like an athlete. Or you can't want to look like an athlete and train like a bodybuilder. It doesn't work. Own yourself basically means owning your shit, owning your values, your beliefs, your needs and wants, and sticking to it. And in this, you lose some and you win some. I don't mean become egoistic. Ego, remember, is there to help you or cover up for your shortcomings. Once you're clear of your circle of safety and your boundaries and you own yourself, automatically the ego reduces because it doesn't need to be there to protect you. You're protecting yourself. So owning yourself, own who you are. Do what you are doing because you want to, not because someone told you about it or because you heard it's the best thing to do. Don't live somebody else's story. Create your own. But also, don't reinvent the wheel. Remember, balance. It's all about yin and yang, shiva shakti. It's about the balance and harmony. For example, you don't do a winter routine in summer, do you? You don't do a summer routine in winter, do you? And if you do, you know the consequences. Same way, if you are going to follow somebody else's success story, then you're not living your life, okay? You're gonna read a magazine, they're gonna tell you to follow this diet plan for a hardcore body or a beautiful shape that you're looking at, it ain't gonna work. You're only gonna go round and round, you're gonna get frustrated, and then you're gonna accuse the magazine of not working. But the point is, it's your body, your lifestyle, only you know. And all the good coaches in the world, know exactly that so they will monitor what you're doing on a daily basis whether it's for mental physical emotional spiritual growth and they'll give you a plan based on how you're going and adapt it to suit you bodybuilders and good coaches who coach good bodybuilders have a very systematic way of working but at the same time they have adaptability and flexibility to tweak things here and there Good coaches for athletes do the same thing. They have a plan, but they have the adaptability and flexibility to adjust to the athlete's emotional state at that day. These are some very important aspects, but this is something we can share in detail at a later stage where I can share my experience of working with international athletes. Compounding effect. Remember this. The compounding effect means nothing happens unilaterally. It all happens as a chain link or it all happens adding on each other. For example, let's look at the acidic foods that we ingest. You wake up in the morning, you have packaged milk. You have tea, which you overboil, create poison. Then you'll have something more acidic, say like a Indian breakfast with chili. Now, there'll be different discussions and arguments whether chili is acidic or not. In general, it is acidic. 
So we'll just stick to that. Then you'll have a coffee. Then you'll overeat. Then in the evening, you'll have a chai or a coffee again. And in the night, you'll have a dinner. Along with that comes your mental state of acidic thoughts, your emotions, some acidic emotions. So when they all add up, they give you a problem. Now let's look at gluten and the milk saga. If you had one, unless you have a celiac disease, which is dis-ease, which means you need to come at ease with the whole thing. Unless you have a celiac disease, gluten is not going to affect you if you don't overdo it. But if you overdo anything, including gluten, you are going to get the symptoms. Now this does not require a scientific degree. This requires common sense. And when I say common sense, it needs you to own it. For example, if you want to overdose on gluten, do it because you want to do it. Don't do it because you have excuses to do it and you're creating a lie for yourself. That's not going to work for you. Compounding effect, it all happens as an add-on effect. It usually does not happen in singular phases. There is always a buildup. You will always know when you're doing the wrong things. The question is whether you think it is important for you to stop doing what you're doing. Because the question is, do you love yourself and value yourself enough to own your change? Once you master that thought process, you won't need to come to me for a diet plan. You might not need to go to an Ayurvedic doctor for a constitution check. You will master your body, your physical body, and along with that, your emotional, spiritual, mental bodies. Compartmentalize. Create the frequency you want every minute you are alive. Debunk what you don't want and keep what you want. Make compartments in your thought processes like an actor. Every situation requires you to respond accordingly. Adapt and be flexible. Have a plan, have a backup, and have a backup. Be a good planner. It'll help you save your gray cells. One is better than zero. This is my favorite, favorite statement. And I learned this from one of my coaches who works with the international athletes like Federer and Nadal and that level. And it was interesting how he spoke about emotions and how international athletes use emotions as a positive. One is better than zero. Take one step or do one rep rather than zero reps. Do one thing rather than zero. Do one good thing rather than zero. Remember the compounding effect. Most of the times we make an excuse, right? Oh, I had a plan for 30 minutes of going to the gym, but I can't do it. So it's no point going. No. What if you use that same principle when you're being undisciplined? Which means I've had one extra morsel. So the next meal, I'll reduce it to balance it out. But what we do? is we eat one extra morsel and we say, oh, it's okay. I've had one extra. Now I can have a few more. So these are all belief systems that don't serve us. So it's time to let go of that. Remember, it's better to do one than do zero. It's better to do two than do one. So do something, but just do it.
the more you think and the more you process, the less action you're going to do. A beautiful statement my mom used to always share, stress doesn't kill anyone. It's the thought of the stress that kills you. So reduce the thought and do the action, which is if something is stressing you, have a conversation with it, understand it, counsel yourself and let go of that situation. When I say let go, it means solve it, don't keep it hanging. Another way of thinking of this is what you can do today, don't do tomorrow. Because if you do it tomorrow, like a gutter, it fills up. And then the flow gets stopped. So do what needs to be done today. A samurai will always get ready in the night because he doesn't know if he's going to be alive the next day. So when he wakes up in the morning, his whole system is ready for war, for protection, or for practice. It's your body. You have only one. So love it. Indulge it. When I say indulge it, it doesn't mean going on an alcohol binge, going on a sweet binge. Indulge it in a way that makes you feel good. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against you if you want to go have a good time once in a way. And your belief is that good time is going to give you some fuel to push you forward. By all means, do it. Remember balance. Balance is the key. Create your experiences from what you do and ask yourself if that experience is what you're after. With age, allow change, allow evolution. Don't get stuck to being a teenager all your life. Don't pick and choose to suit your convenience. If you do that, that's the consequence you're going to get. Own the body, respect the living, living daylights out of it. Think of something, someone you love. Let's meditate on that. Think of someone you love or something you love. What are the emotions you feel when you think of that someone or that something? Now take your arms and hug that somebody or something. Feel the emotions of it. And now bring yourself to your body and feel the similar emotions of love, of passion, of camaraderie, and just hug yourself and feel it. Nice. The next one is why wait till you are sick? Why not take a pre-sick leave? Why wait till the next lockdown? Why not take steps now to find your triad of balance? Create your circle of safety. My thought is you have to do it anyway. So why not do it at your terms? Why do it because you have to do it because you want to? Own yourself. Do things because it's good for you and because you want to do it. Do things because you value yourself. Don't do things because you have to. Because when you move into that have to zone, you're not controlling yourself, somebody else's. And if you like to be controlled, that's fine, do it. But if you're the kind who doesn't like to be controlled, make sure you create your own life. But don't reinvent the wheel because learn from others mistakes be wise and remember life is too short to learn from your mistakes 
So learn from others, implement your plan, and follow it with discipline daily. If you skip one, two days, does not mean your goal is finished. It's like driving from point A to point B, you will reach point B, maybe a little delayed if you go zigzag, but that doesn't mean point B doesn't exist. So try and understand that. Be easy and relaxed with yourself, reduce the pressure quotient, and try and enjoy the journey. Enjoy your purpose. Enjoy doing it because you want to, not because you have to. Do what you want to do for the experience of it. Once you do that, your wealth will come, the money will come, happiness will come, health will come. Find your purpose. Try and do your homework like I've given you. Try and focus on those aspects, your circle of safety, the triad of balance, the circle of wellness. Work on them daily. Keep working, keep working, keep working, layer after layer after layer after layer. You will find the beauty that lies within you and out there. It's already there. You just have to let go of the beliefs, the values that you have created or the walls you have created around you. Now, some of you might not find this easy. It might be overwhelming because all of a sudden you're listening to yourself. You're hearing voices that you haven't heard for a while, or you're hearing voices which you have heard, but now you have to sit with those voices. So there is nothing to fear. It's a matter of getting used to it. Remember the time when you were young and for the first time you heard a firecracker? You got startled, right? After that, each time the firecracker burst, you got used to it, you got stronger, you became wiser. Some of you, became wiser and stood away from the firecracker. Some of you closed your ears. Some of you forgot to become aware and you went next to it and it exploded next to you and you got startled. But each time you were able to handle it much better. So in the same way, keep practicing, have faith in your journey, have faith in the universal consciousness because at no point does the universe choose me over you. It chooses all of us on our own paths. We are all living the life we are either consciously or subconsciously creating. We create the life based on our environment. The environment is based around our state of being and asking for what we want. So everything is connected. It's important for us to understand that and to work in that spectrum. And how do we do it? by eating well, moving well, sleeping well. And how do we understand how to do eating well, moving well, sleeping well? By having a circle of safety, by having a triad of balance, and by understanding one thing, who are you? And how do you find that? By sitting with yourself. I would love, love, love to share my story in just a minute about the value of yoga and meditation and pranayama in my life. So I used to use yoga to enhance performance so I could train harder in my karate and train harder at the gym and recover faster. And of course, have a sense of sanity and balance mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Now, at this age, where from a teenager to where I am now, now I use yoga as my main form of movement patterns. 
of breathing patterns, which is the pranayama and of focus. So I've adapted my life to suit where I am and where I want to go. I would suggest the same thing. Chalk out your life and then along the way, ask teachers, ask gurus, ask masters for guidance. The master you need to ask is yourself first because you are the universe, the universe is you. So when you put your question out there, you will get the answer. But the question is, are you ready for the answer? And if you're not, then get ready by going within, by going out there and creating the platform or the frequency of health and happiness. Now, how do we create the frequency of health and happiness? You create the frequency of health and happiness by visualizing the frequency, by feeling the emotions of health and happiness throughout your body, by actioning yoga, meditation, movement patterns, and fall in love with that frequency because you deserve it. You deserve to be healthy and happy every minute of your life. This also means that other emotions are accepted all around you. But it means don't get stuck to the emotions you don't want. Stay in the emotions you want. Thank you. Namaste. Let's get started with what we have in plan today. We'll be tackling one main topic with three subtopics. And the name of the topic is the wellness circle in detail. We looked at a few theories and simplified thought processes. Today, I'm going to share with you in detail a very, 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 very important point, which is the three important paths to being well. I remember it was in 2008 that I wrote an article for a media house on the future of wellness and how the fad diets trends that keep popping up will soon see reduced demand because people are getting smarter and understanding that most of the articles that come out in the media are not even researched properly. And it's very important we understand this because when we adopt shortcuts, it only creates more conflict within ourselves. We start to question who we are, what we do. I'm not good enough. Why me? And it brings out more of these primal fears and primal patterns that we have. As I've shared before, the environment is a very important part in either enhancing a performance or making it more difficult for us. So I devised this caption of eat well, move well, sleep well. And we call it the wellness circle where together these three things combine. Sometimes you focus more on eating well Sometimes you focus more on sleeping well. 
and sometimes you focus more on moving well. I also remember a time in 2007 when I came back from Australia to look after a few clients here in India. So I'd come down on a few contracts. And at that point, I was predominantly focusing on fitness and personal training. And I utilized the tools of life coaching, meditation, massage as part of a personal trainer. And as I was training a few of the celebrities in the Indian movie industry and also a few athletes, the focus at that point was still on the body, not wellness. And so be it, me being a new face in the industry, it was difficult for me to bring in the concept of being well as a result of which your body will show you what you want, as opposed to focusing on the body only and hoping you get well, when actually if you focus only on the physical body, it's actually a trap. It's a trap of ego, it's a trap of Maya. So you're essentially not moving or evolving in any way. You're just stuck in the physical body and on the looks. Fast forward to 2015, where I had a few projects with some wellness resorts. And it was interesting to see how the similar clientele the celebrities and the athletes had moved their complete focus from only the body to being well and mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. These became the important factors in wellness. So it's good to see that people are finally evolving to a consciousness that's going to serve them as opposed to them being served by a consciousness that they don't want or vice versa. So eating well, you can go online and you can find innumerable diets, innumerable options from intermittent fasting, which is the massive trend today. And I would also call it a fad because technically speaking, intermittent fasting happens in an ideal manner post three days of complete fast with minimum water. But of course, we are all looking for shortcuts today, aren't we? So what the market had to do was adapt a shorter version of getting you into that state. And they called it intermittent fasting and they allowed you to eat six to eight hours a day. In effect, intermittent fasting of both these options don't have the same results. For example, they found intermittent fasting in its ideal manner, three days post, and intermittent fasting, the way we're doing it as a trend, which I call a joke, has a different effect. So people confuse intermittent fasting and hoping that the second part, which is the fad one or the joke one, will help with cancer and other options or other diseases. There's no evidence to show that this one works, but there is great evidence to show that the ideal one works. So in short, these are all different fragments that people or the media are putting together 
And it's because we want it. It's the demand that is creating the supply to a shortcut version of everything that is happening around us, including your diets with high fat, your diets with just soups, your diets with the lemon detox. I mean, these are all shortcuts put together because you want the shortcut, which is fine. But remember, if you take a shortcut, it's going to come back and bite you at some point. So let's look at simple things of eating well. Now, whether you're following a diet, a fad, a trend, it doesn't matter. You can apply these principles into your current lifestyle. Yes, it'll take you a year. It'll take you two years, but big deal. At least it will give you a habit or a pattern that you can take back with you and start to live rather than just exist. For example, it's good to be disciplined, but it's bad to be a slave to the discipline. The discipline must happen, not do. I hope that makes sense. So let's look at the points of eating well. The first point is eat with intention, which basically means when you are eating, think of the food as being a blessing. Think of it as being nectar. Think of it as being a gift and energize the food. When you energize the food, the food speaks to you. For example, grace, mantras, prayers before food is exactly for that reason. You're communicating to the food that you're eating. The food that you're eating is alive. Even though it's cooked, it's alive. That's why it's not about the food that you're eating. It's also about the intention and the energy from the food, the life force. So hence, this raw food became an important thing. But raw food, again, like everything else, has had shortcuts. So raw food has two, three different meanings. One is cooked under a certain degree. One is just raw by itself. And I think one more is like semi-cooked raw vegetables and, and uh, sorry, semi-cooked vegetables and raw fruits. They all have their place. And that's why I ask people to find out your constitution. And I firmly believe in Ayurveda because I have been following that casually for five years and seriously for a year. And I have seen the results to be massive, especially for mental health. That's the most important part because once you look after the brain and your mental side, your whole being changes. You're in less conflict. You're more in tune what is happening. And you move into a frequency which supports your growth. Now, how to do that and when to do it is a process we will discuss later on in our show, maybe in the next few weeks. Eat slowly and chew your food. Eat like a cow. Keep chewing because digestion starts in the eyes, then the fingers, then the mouth, and so on and so forth. For the ones who don't eat with your hands, try, if you can, to engage your hands in eating food because there is energy over here. 
And these are your magic wands. So when you eat, it sends messages from the fingers all the way through the brain to the body and you know exactly what you're going in for, including the texture, the temperature, the sensations, the flavors. Remember, your body has memory. It's the second brain or the third brain, if you want to call it, because nowadays the gut is the second brain. And we have a top nutritionist called Maria Lucy, who is going to be part of this program in the next few days. And we will be sending out the creative very soon. And she's going to talk about the gut health besides three other topics, which we will save for later to take you through her introduction. Eat small portions, eat on time. Now, what does that mean? Eating on time means your last meal must happen ideally at 5 or 6 p.m. It's not easy because I've been trying for a year and I'm just about getting there. So some days I'm able to eat at 5 or 6 and not have a snack in the night. Or some days I eat at 5 or 6 and then the mind starts taking over. And by 8 or 9, I'm having a second dinner. But it's improving each time. So I'm confident very soon I will be able to move into that evening pattern. Your breakfast is the most important and the breakfast, so you're breaking the fast, should be the lightest meal. And when I say the lightest meal, it depends on what and why you are eating the food. For example, what is your purpose of training? You eat according to how you want to feel and how you want to look. You eat heaty foods, you feel heaty. So it's important to eat with the weather, with the patterns, both your external environment and your internal environment. Now, how do you do that? You can either introspect, meditate, learn from books, or do what I did, which is consult a very good Ayurvedic doctor and ask him to guide you through the journey. Eat specific to your needs and lifestyle. Now let's discuss this in a bit. If you're eating as an athlete, you would need to eat differently to if you're eating to cure yourself from a disease or if you are eating to get a certain type of body or if you're eating for meditation. So different phases in your life, you will need to adapt to different food types. When you travel to different countries or in different cultures, you will require to adapt based on that. So even though discipline is an important part, remember adaptability and flexibility. In fact, did you know that the more flexible you are in your head, the more flexible your body gets? That's a rule of thumb. It's not the gospel. Remember, whatever I share with you, isn't the gospel. It's simply giving you pointers to go within and go out there and find your answers. Supplementation. The meaning of supplementation is to supplement. So supplement only where necessary. Supplement only when you've asked to be supplemented by a healthcare professional. Please try not to self-supplement 
just as self-medication is not advisable, self-supplementation is not advisable. Especially men and boys, be very careful with all these so-called testosterone booster supplements. They usually land up having a reverse effect. And even if you do do it, and if you are moving into bodybuilding, make sure you have a very, very good coach. If you need a good coach in the bodybuilding arena, let me know. And I have access to one of the best coaches in India. His name is Rakesh Udiyar. And he trains the top celebrities and athletes in India. And he's one person who goes internationally to learn what's out there and what's applicable. Like I said, depending on the culture and the country you live in, you would need to find a coach to suit your type. So remember that personalization is very, very important. If you need help, we have two top health professionals. One is an Ayurvedic doctor, Dr. Paneri, and one is Maria Lucy, who's a nutritionist. Maria Lucy is from Australia, and Dr. Paneri is a sixth generation Ayurvedic doctor from the heart of Ayurveda in Gujarat, India. They both consult online, so feel free to ask me for more details. Another important part of eating well is eat fresh food. Eating leftovers is not the best option, but yes, you can mix your leftovers with fresh food and combine them to get some form of alive food. Secondly, avoid overcooking your food, but cook it enough so it's pre-digested. I personally am not a big fan of raw food because it does not suit my constitution. But yes, I eat one or two fruits a day, depending, again, on my needs for the specific day. I am very regular with two raw ingredients. My super greens is the first thing. And second is my dry fruits. So I'm very regular in limited portion with those two aspects. And I also do have, sorry, a third thing, which is my turmeric, ginger, amla, which is Indian gooseberry, which has got 10 times more vitamin C than an orange. So turmeric root, ginger root, uh, amla, which is Indian gooseberry, with warm water and a little bit of honey. I mean, not to say, but honey, which is locally grown or locally distilled or extracted, whichever way you want to look at it. So these are the three raw ingredients I have in my food. Otherwise, I eat normal home food. There used to be a time when I was heavily into the fitness industry and only looking at the physical body and having heaps of supplements and having heaps of protein up to a point when I realized, which was a wake-up call for me, that those protocols are not meant to be extended. They're supposed to be had short-term. So please keep that in mind. Eat specific to your goal, specific to your constitution, and specific to who you want to become. Let's move on to moving well. Now, I'm sure you've all been exposed at some point to the 15 minute workout, 
the 30 minute workout, the 45 minute workout, the 60 minute workout. I'm sure you've been exposed to statements like train hard or go home. That's all fine, depending on the sport you want to do. Moving well is not about training hard. It's about training smart. The most sensible athletes, the most sensible humans in terms of getting the bodies they want are the ones who train smart. Move as you need to and move when you need to and move specific to how you want to feel and how you want to look. And again, don't get lost in the physical body. It's a trap. Try and involve yourself in moving because you like to move and your body feels free. Just like a dancer, just like somebody performing yoga. You feel that space. You feel the freedom in movement. And that is what moving well means. For optimum performance, moving three times a day or three hours a day, one hour each is important. And it's not really that difficult. The only difficulty here is because you haven't heard this before and because you're looking for a shortcut, you've been given that. So if you change the way you think and you get more real, that three hours from 24 hours is no big deal. So bite the bullet and try it because this is an ideal time for you to try what and how moving for three hours means. It can be as simple as doing a walk, just doing a small workout at home, combining that with yoga, combining that with some Pilates, combining that with some slow tone. Choose your options. There's so much information out there. And this is for once when the maximum information or the information overload, you could actually make use of. Strength training, it is an important part because we're not moving as much as we used to. So trying to get your muscle fibers to be activated, strength training is very important. Now strength training doesn't necessarily mean lifting weights or using bands. You can also do strength training using your body weight. We all know of suspension training, most popularly known as TRX. That's a great way of enhancing your core and enhancing your body weight training. But even if you didn't have that, you can use normal tools in your house, like couches and beds and pillows, a branch of a tree to do some pull-ups, a bucket of water to do some weights. You can improvise based on how you want to feel and how you want to look. Jump online, there's a lot of information out there. And that's one of the reasons I don't give too much information in my coaching sessions, because all the information you want is out there. There's Google, there's some top doctors out there. There is YouTube, go out there, do your research. And when you need to consolidate, you come to me. So I can simplify it for you. A very, 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 very good thing to do nowadays is to do house cleaning. So get a bucket, get a mop, go down on your haunches and clean it the old way. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And if you don't know what wax on, wax off is, please watch The Karate Kid, the original one. 
do some sweeping, do some cleaning. These are all good functional movement patterns that are important for movement patterns. Water baths are very important. So a water bath is basically using water to massage your body. Okay, if you don't have a bath, that's fine. Take a bucket of water. And as if you have soap, keep massaging it with water. Remember, your body is 70% water. So the moment you connect with water and water has memory, remember that you are exchanging energy, you're exchanging messages. So what you can also do is before you have a water bath, or if you have a bucket of water, meditate with the water, chant to the water. And the most universal chant is um, do it about 20 to 30 times to create the vibration that will connect you with the water, with the elements. And you can then massage yourself with that. And it is such a healing art. It's such a beautiful space that you'll feel in love with your body completely. It's orgasmic. So please try it. Now, let's look at sleeping well. Before you sleep, try and meditate. Now, meditation means understanding yourself. So simply put, try and use the breath as the start for meditation. From there, focus on your body. From there, clean your thoughts. Go through what happened the whole day. What are the emotional triggers? What triggers were positive? What triggers were negative? Understand that whole process. And then set your intentions for the next day. Let go, forgive the stuff that didn't work for you and create the new stuff that you want for the next day. How do you want to feel when you wake up? You want to feel grateful, thankful, happy, healthy. Ask for all these aspects because only if you ask will you get. Remember, whatever you are living now is what you've asked for. I'm not saying the situation per se, I'm saying how you're handling the current situation. How you're handling the current situation is basically what is prompting your emotions to come out. Whatever that emotion might be, lack of freedom, lack of choice, compulsion. You must be having so many mixed emotions right now because there's a right thing to do, but at the same time you have beliefs that you should not be locked down against your wish whatever it may be. So it's important to understand what thoughts, what emotions, what beliefs, values, needs, and wants serve you now and adapt and change. Remember, have a plan, have a backup, have a backup. The same thing you can do with beliefs. Have a belief for a certain situation and be flexible to adjust the belief in the other two situations if they arise. That's how successful warriors in the past have lived. They've had a strategy, a second strategy, and the third strategy. That's how corporations work. The successful corporations, they have a plan, a backup and a backup. So try that. Create your intention and visualize the life you want before sleeping, very important. Visualize and intend how you want your sleep to be and how you want to feel when you wake up. Have restful sleep rather than long hours of sleep. Try this experiment, sleep by 9 p.m. So get into bed by 7, 7.30. Give yourself an hour, hour and a half to go through your online content if you want. Or better still, don't go through it. Lie down and just focus on the body. Do 
the super conscious meditation or do a yoga nidra or do an active meditation where you're actively aware of the body and move into a restful state. You'll observe you'll be up by two, three in the morning. At that point, do another meditation and see where it takes you. If you feel like you're awake, get up, have a shower, do what you need to do, change your clothes, do some exercise and enjoy what happens after that. For all you know, you might by 9 or 10 in the morning need a nap. Have a nap for 15, 20 minutes and observe how fresh the body feels when you wake up at that time. Let me know how you go with this experiment and we can share some notes. I till today, two or three times a week, I'm in bed, eyes closed by 9, 9.30. I'm up by 2, 3 in the morning. And that's when I feel thankful for knowing how to do yoga because I start doing yoga and it makes me feel so much better. Wake up in the AM with a meditation and then start your morning ritual. I hope all of you have a morning ritual which is in slow motion. If not, please start one. So if you're up by 3 a.m., up until 4.30 a.m., you should be in super slow motion. Where you go move slowly, do your morning cleansing, do your brushing, do your washing, and just slow things down. Do your gargling with salt water, clean your nostrils, the nasal cavity with neti pot. And just be relaxed and slowly start to wake up, wake up, wake up. Then go onto your phone, then check what's happening if you want. Anyway, you won't be missing much if you look at your phone at six, seven in the morning. So try that process of slowing down because the moment you slow down, you move into repair and restful state. And if you operate from that state, you'll be completely relaxed. Like they say, switch on when you need to, switch off when you don't need to. Simple. Sleep requirements will change based on your current needs. For example, if you've had an emotionally upheaval day, you might find you need more sleep, more rest. But you can counter that by meditating. So you could actually meditate on those emotions on the upheaval of a day and create the zone of healing and repair. Sleep before 9.30 p.m. is ideal, but if you can't, your next backup is 11 p.m. And if you can't, then sleep as soon as you can after that. And try waking up when you are ready. Try not to wake up with an alarm, but you can set an alarm in your head by creating an intention. And with practice, before you know it, you wake up at the right time. Maybe what you can do is set an alarm for 6 a.m., create an intention for quarter to six. So at least if you do wake up at quarter to six, then you know you have the 15 minute buffer. And if you don't wake up at quarter to six, you have nothing to lose. You will wake up with your alarm. So this is a good transition way of understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, of understanding the power of your intention and the power of you connecting with your body. Oversleeping makes your body stiff. So be aware, try and find that balance of sleeping when you need and when you want to oversleeping. 
I hope eat well, move well, sleep well, and the information I have given you is a good start. Remember, if you want more detailed information, connect with an Ayurvedic doctor, a very good Ayurvedic doctor. And if you want more information on modern nutrition, we have Maria Lucy, who's part of our team. So you can reach out to her and she's got some fantastic programs on board, which you can plug and play or templates that she has created. But within the templates, she has the ability of personalizing a plan for you. So those two options I am going to leave with you on my notes on the Facebook page. So if you do need to connect with them, you can do so. To end our session today, and most importantly, is smile. Look up and say thank you. Be playful, be restful. Be kind and slow to yourself. Honor yourself and your ability to transform and evolve because you have the power to go within and you have the power to go out there into the outwards. Honor yourself, thank yourself each day. I know it's difficult, especially when you don't get what you want, but think of what you have. And once you're thankful and grateful, you create that frequency. And once you're in that frequency, magic happens. So I would really like you to experience and try that because that's the journey I am on. And it's beautiful, it's amazing. And once you experience it, you would come back to this conversation and you'd be like, wow, I wish I had tried it before. But like they say, when the time is right, strike. The time is right now, go striking and enjoy the journey. Thank you. Namaste. The triad of balance, in my opinion, is one of the most important aspects of balance in our lives. And the reason I say this is because there is so much focus on one of these elements that we sometimes forget that being happy and healthy is about balance. It's not only about having too much money or having too much of wealth or having too much in terms of focus on health and too much focus or less focus on relationships. It's a balance. Now, how do we create that balance? How do we move into a state of balance without actually compromising? And please note the word compromise. Words say a lot about a conscious and a subconscious state of being. And in that state of being, it is what you ask for is what you get. And that's one of the most important things I would like to share with you, which is once you start to meditate, once you start to understand yourself, you will get the answers. You will understand that the life you are living is basically the life you're asking for. In fact, by now, I'm sure you understand the difference of need and want. So need is your basic needs, which are very important for you to survive. Wants are luxuries or things you need, 
no, sorry, not need, the things that you want on a daily basis. So these are extras to the needs. And both are fine. It's absolutely fine for you to want what you want. But if you do it at the cost of something else that is a needful thing for you, then you might never find that balance. Let's take health, wealth, and relationships. Now, what is health? And why is health important for us? My question is, to be healthy and happy is what we all strive for. It's a primal need. It's a want. It's something that we need to move forward to be healthy and happy. So why is it that we don't focus on health and happiness as being at the core of our foundation? Yes, we create stories and we tell ourselves that we are happy, we're going out, meeting friends, going for a beer, going for a glass of wine, going to eat dinner. Yes, absolutely. These things give you pleasure because we humans are social beings. But deep down at the core, what is the meaning of being healthy and happy? Where each cell of yours dances with happiness. It dances with the sound of ah. What is that happiness? And what is health? Health is a combination of physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, all aspects put together. So we know the connection of these four aspects of health. And they are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. So physical health, as we have discussed, eat well, move well, sleep well. Physical health is an important part of the whole aspect because your physical body is the most important thing. And the reason for that, it carries your brain where it needs to go. It moves you from space to space. And it gives you the freedom of expressing yourself. Our bodies are energetic beings. We transfer energy from the universe and we give it back. The physical body allows us to have a good connection with the mental body. And the mental strength and mental flexibility are an important part of mental health. So what is mental strength and what is mental flexibility? Well, as much as having mental strength is important, mental flexibility is as important. And the reason being, if you get too stuck on certain values and beliefs without having the flexibility, it is in times like this that you will get tested because you won't be able to cope. You'll feel anxiety overtaking and overcoming you because we have created these idealistic situations in our mind and nothing in this universe is idealistic. Intelligence, as we call it, collective consciousness, requires you to be in tune. And when you create intellect, which is very small compared to consciousness, you will have an imbalance and a disconnect. So it's very important 
to have your physical health and your mental health combining with each other. And this is why in today's day, yoga and meditation has become so important. In fact, it's become so important that it is one of the most trending words or modalities in the world. And for a simple reason that mankind has always known, the physical body and the mental body go hand in hand. That's why martial arts, yoga, and most of these Eastern sciences have already reached or understood what the human brain and the human body require. So physical and mental health is achieved by moving well, eating well, and sleeping well. It's very important for us to find that balance. And that's why I keep talking about meditation being about going inwards and going outwards. And movement or physical movement is as important as meditation. Now, if you look at Ashtanga Yoga, which means the eight limbs of yoga, or the eight limbs, eight steps, or you can look at it as a circle of eight parts to the circle. It doesn't necessarily have to be step by step. Yams, niyams. The way you look after yourself and the way you look after society or your behavior in society. Then comes asana, physical movement. Then comes pranayama, which is breath control or movement of energy through breath. Then comes pratyahara, which is a few stages before meditation. So pratyahara is detaching from the senses, which is what martial arts, yoga makes you or asks you to do, which is going beyond your senses. Then comes dharana, a stage just before meditation as we know it. And then comes dhyana, which is known as meditation. And after dhyana comes the state of superconsciousness, which is samadhi. I personally believe that each one of us get to experience this state at some point in a yoga practice or in our life practices. The question is not whether you achieve the state. The question is whether how quickly with practice can you go into that state and come back out of it? That is the question. And that is why the flexibility of the mental part is very important. For example, I myself, when I was doing yoga in the earlier days, I was stuck to the philosophy of yoga, of samadhi, of meditation. And that restricted me from expression or self-expression or expressing myself. So in short, I believe every philosophy, including what I'm telling you, is not meant to be taken on the word. It's meant to just scratch the surface and get you to think. It's when we get stuck into any philosophy, any modality, whether it's yoga, whether it's Tai Chi, whether it's martial arts, whether it's textbook, whether it's science, you limit yourself. And that's why I'm not a firm believer of living somebody else's life through their stories. I suggest you use stories, scientific data, research material to give you, like they say, a thali options where you then understand yourself you create your life based on that 
Remember, balance, balance, balance. Now, in me saying create your own life doesn't mean you don't learn from other people's experiences. It's a matter of sitting, understanding, chalking out your direction, and following that direction, and allowing a few pit stops along the way. Let's talk about emotional health. Emotional health is owned, not covered, which means you take responsibility of the emotion, understand it, and move from it. It's not about covering it up. In one of my trainings with an international coach, he explained to me how he uses emotions to enhance the performance of his international athletes and how actors, believe it or not, are elite athletes because they work with emotions on a daily basis. And that is probably one of the reasons why actors are usually a little bit on the not so stable side. They are prone to depression and they're prone to losing the foundation. And that's because when you work with emotions, you sometimes get lost and you forget who you really are. This is why it's very, very important to understand yourself through meditation. Create your circle of safety because once you know who you are or who you want to be, you will keep coming back to that circle. And that forms the foundation of who you are and how you handle emotional health. Once you understand your emotions and you understand your triggers, it's a matter of practicing and understanding how best it does not affect you. Rather, how you can understand it and say, okay, thank you, but maybe I want to choose another emotional state. For example, when you go for a buffet, you have so much food in front of you. Your first helping is usually as much as you can. And the second helping is usually based on what you really, really like out of it. So you make a choice. And the more buffets you go for, the quicker you realize that the first helping needs to be the slowest. Because if it's not, you're going to overeat and you're going to feel, uh, right? <laughs> so it's important to understand emotions in that manner. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay not to want to meet somebody. It's okay not to be well. It's completely fine because like I say, it's a buffet. It's a choice that you make. Sometimes, yes, it's overwhelming. What do you do then? At a point where you feel overwhelmed, it's important to understand your breath because you will understand the relationship between your breath and being anxious. For example, when I conduct my yoga classes, we do a form of breathing, which um, I call emotional breath pattern or the panting breath. The panting breath is similar to traditional bastrika. That simulates the breathing of an anxious person. So when you do this breathing pattern under your control, it gives you confidence of handling that emotion. How simple is that? And there are simple aspects and secrets or 
tips that exist in ancient sciences which help you to understand like self-practice before you go for a cricket match like a, a net practice where you're simulating the environment so you're ready for it more on this when we practice yoga or when we practice meditation in one of our future sessions let's talk about spiritual health you don't become spiritual by going to a place of worship you don't become spiritual by wearing orange robes or black robes or white robes yes that could be a part of being spiritual but being spiritual is about having the human spirit of collective movement about smiling having fun being sad but not becoming the sadness it's about picking up the phone and saying hi how are you i hope you're doing well it's about sitting with yourself and having that spirit that you had when you were a child the spirit when you fell in love for the first time the spirit of having this goal of yours when you were a child thinking about becoming a pilot going to space it's about having the spirit to reconnect with yourself it's about the spirit of loving yourself and loving the other it's about just being in that space that is spirituality but that is not the only words to describe spirituality like i keep saying find your own terms but at the base of everything is about being a good human being which means protecting yourself and protecting the others around you i firmly believe that if you don't look after yourself you're not being true to the spiritual values of yourself the stronger and the more balanced you are the better your community is going to feel with and around you so it's very important part of health to have these four aspects and once you find that balance you will find that you don't need to actually sit for an intention meditation you'll find that you're thinking from your heart and the brain not only from the brain because intellectual thinking is one thing feeling is another now when i started my journey and i remember when my karate sensei used to keep telling us in class about feeling and i was like what does that mean you know i was a teenager so i didn't understand the difference of mental and heart so it took me time to develop it or let me put it this way i had no idea of what he was talking about and i was trying to intellectualize it so in intellectualizing feelings it doesn't give you a true understanding of what it actually is so in karate they kind of break you down you know they break you down physically and mentally so your mind or the brain doesn't have space to think and once that happens you start to feel and when you feel you're like oh my god this is something else and then you try and intellectualize that and then again you go back to the same cycle it's i'm laughing because it's so interesting and so much fun because when you look back and you're like oh my god there's such a big difference in understanding and feeling so you can only feel if you feel and if you sit with yourself otherwise you're simply going to follow the new trend the new fad the monkey mind is going to be jumping around and you'll be jumping from branch to branch 
looking, 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 and being a seeker all your life. Um, I must share a bit of a funny incident with you over here about um, when I went to TAFE in Australia in 2004. And there was a person who was about 45 at that point. So I asked him, I said, you're still studying? He's like, yes, some of us are students forever. We keep studying and we keep seeking. And he was quite playful and laughing about it. And he actually took the responsibility on himself saying that, I wish I didn't have to be a student, but I just love being a student and being a seeker because it makes me feel less responsible. So I thought that was really nice and he really owned himself. And that really made me feel like, wow, you know, it's okay to be who you want to be. So it's amazing how we have teachers and masters that come to us along our journeys. And it's important for us to be in that moment to pick it up. Okay, so let's move to wealth. Now, wealth includes wealth of knowledge, wealth of health, wealth of money, and any other aspect of abundance you can think of. Wealth is generated by a single focus path of generating it, like anything else and any other discipline. Consistency, commitment are the key. Some people use pharma drugs and stimulants to achieve the state. Some use yoga and meditation. Some use exercise and movement. For the ones that use pharma drugs and stimulants, my question is, is it worth generating wealth and not having the health to enjoy it? Is it worth working hard every day, generating wealth, your wealth of money, wealth of knowledge, having sleepless nights, not getting to enjoy the moment? Is it worth it? And on the other spectrum, is it worth not working for wealth and just creating this frequency around you that I just want to be healthy and happy, but I don't believe in generating wealth? My question is, what about balance? How about balancing the need of wealth and health and happiness? So remember, the wealth of knowledge does not come only from textbooks. It comes from going within and out to the universe because there is so much of information out there. There is so much of evolution out there that you just need to connect to where and what you want to go. How do you do that? By meditation and by self-introspection, self-understanding. How do you self-introspect? By talking to yourself, by understanding your patterns, by creating your circle of safety, that circle of safety will keep bringing you back to ground zero because we know there's a lot of distractions out there right now. And the question is, those distractions are not going to serve you, are they? And if they would serve you, then grab them. Let's talk about relationships. I think we undermine the importance of relationships. Relationships have always been an important part of every advent in human life or human civilization. Whether it's self-growth, whether it's the situation that we're going through now, whether it's business 
It's all about relationships. The first thing I learned when I went to sports management school was it's not what you know, it's who you know and how you maintain those relationships. I've been blessed that I love human relationships and I love human beings. So I've been fortunate enough to have people support me in what I'm trying to do or bringing out health and happiness to people. And it really touches me each time when I think about the love that humanity has to help each one of us out. So how do you have a successful relationship? It's first about starting with yourself, about honoring yourself, about understanding yourself, about loving yourself in all aspects. So move well, eat well, sleep well. You want to indulge in some shopping, go for it. You want to indulge in some sweets, go for it. Express yourself. Stop limiting yourself with all this information that's out there about don't eat this, don't drink that. Have one glass of wine a week, have two glasses of wine a day. These are all rules and regulations that are simply going to weigh you down. I'm not saying drink wine or drink beer. I'm saying make your own choices. Relate to yourself. Understand what your body, your mind, your spirit, your emotions require. Who are you? What's your circle of safety? How does your triad of balance work for you? What's your circle of wellness looking like? Understand the relationship to yourself. Relate. Some days you want to wake up in the morning, go for it. Some days you want to sleep, go for it. Remember, the weather changes. So do your emotions. So do your mental state. So does the need of your physical body. We are evolving every second, which means every second you have an opportunity of letting go of something that you don't like within yourself and replacing that with something that you want. Now, words are easier, actions are harder. So don't get hypnotized by my words. I suggest you implement what I'm sharing with you. Like I keep saying, there is no shortcut. There is no easy way. It's about being consistent and committed. And again, don't kill yourself to be consistent and committed. Have a goal, work towards the goal, and have a few pit stops along the way. Enjoy the journey. I'm going to read something out so I don't miss the flow. Relationships includes you, your loved ones, your community, and everything that you own, you interact with. This includes your physical, emotional, spiritual body, the cosmos, the outverse, the inverse. It comes down to your communication with them, either verbally, self-talk, look in the mirror and keep talking to yourself, look into your phone, record yourself. Non-verbally, actions you take like body massages, self-care, grooming. The most important person in the relationship is you. It starts with you, not necessarily you first, but you and maybe parallel the others in the community. If you can't relate to yourself, then how will you relate to others? So take the plunge. It's scary, it's deep, but it's fun and it's rewarding. Because once you relate to yourself, your circle of safety is safe 
with you and without you. This means people sense it and allow that space for you to own. Health, wealth, and relationships, the triad of balance. Keep working on it every day. Ask yourself, am I feeling healthy today? Wealth, ask yourself, what amount of wealth do I need? Do I want knowledge today? Do I want love today? Do I want money today? Do I want dollars, rupees, whatever it may be? Find the wealth that you require and keep talking to it every day. Relationships. Ask for the relationships you want. Cherish the relationships you have. Your family, your parents, your loved ones, your friends. Life is too short. It's too short to be working, working, working and not spending quality time. I don't know about you, but I am taking this time and opportunity to connect with my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. And it's an adjustment process and we are all in the same boat. We are adjusting to each other's spaces, each other's needs, wants, because after so long, we've had time to sit with ourselves and understand the space around us. Our parents who have brought us up have had their own journeys. And here we are now, having our own journeys and merging our journeys together. Just imagine how thankful and how grateful we are going to be at the end of this whole event, whenever it may be. This is when you're going to be tested to be flexible, but strong. And to be strong, you need a foundation. And mark my words, I'm saying need because it's very important that you have your foundation solid. But at the same time, be flexible. Honor flexibility. And how do you do that? You keep training your mind like you train your body. It's not difficult. Try it. It'll be fun. It'll be fruitful. And you'll enjoy going where you're going. Thank you very much for your time today. And I will see you tomorrow to discuss a very important topic. Own yourself or own your shit. Once you understand who you are, once you understand what you want to own, life becomes simple. You have less conflict and you just move along your merry way. You stop judging people. And you simply focus on your goal. So just to be clear, we are talking about cleaning the slate and finding our purpose. The purpose of me going through the discussion and sharing what I'm sharing with you is so we can understand the importance of simplifying life and simplifying things that come with that. It's important for us to understand that there is always going to be points of views. There's going to be different ways that people relate to different situations. And it's important for you to understand your values, your beliefs, your needs and wants. So you create the circle of safety. 
for your circle of safety to happen and for you to be clear about your needs, wants, beliefs, and values, it's important to understand your triad of balance. The triad of balance is your health, wealth, and relationships. And for you to be able to understand your health, wealth, and relationships, it's very important to understand the circle of wellness. The circle of wellness, remember, is eat well, move well, sleep well. These three are the most important things I can share with you. It builds the foundation of who you are and where you want to go. I also shared with you two mantras, MMM, so move, meditate, massage, and I am, intent, act, manifest. The whole purpose of understanding the basics and the foundations is so as we move into depth or into detail of our course, we're going to try and let go of these theories or like I call them, these boundaries. So we can move into a state of no boundaries. We can connect not to the boundary world, but we can connect to the super conscious state of being, the super conscious state of knowledge of the ultimate information that exists out there. Let's move on. Today's topic is own yourself. This is probably the most important topic that we can take on board, putting all the foundations together. Owning yourself, do what you do and do it with conviction and 100% ownership. Do it because you want to do it, not because research says it is, or because it's the new trend. Own it when you are in your zone. And how do you get into the zone? By eating well, moving well, sleeping well, having healthy relationships, a good amount of wealth, and good amount of health. Understanding your circle of safety, your needs, wants, values, beliefs. When you're in the zone, you get into the zone by eating well, moving well, and sleeping well. What I would like to do, and what I have done with you, is share the fundamentals and the realities, or the purpose of why you are doing what you are doing, the choices you make, the decisions you take. What is the reason you're working? What is the reason you're alive? What is the re reason that you are breathing? It's because you want to be healthy and you want to be happy. So my question is, why then do we not put health and happiness at the forefront of our needs and wants? Forget the forefront. Why don't we put it in line with everything else that we do? These are some questions and some introspection to be aware of and go into. A simple question. Do you need animal protein? Do you need it to improve your immunity? The answer is there is no scientific evidence to say so. There is enough traditional evidence in the martial arts, 
in Ayurveda, in yoga, to state that animal protein is actually not good for you. And the reason being, first of all, the animals we get today are tortured. So my question is, whether it's an animal or a plant, would you eat a tortured being? Would you eat a being which is not happy and healthy? And if you do, then what exactly are you taking in? Are you taking in health? Are you taking in happiness? Or are you taking in the sadness from the animal or the plant? So let's go beyond our thought process of animal protein, vegetable protein. Let's go beyond that. Let's understand where the protein is coming from. Even if it's a plant, if it's not cared for, if it's not grown organically, if it's tossed from the farm straight into your supply truck, is it going to be happy? No, it's not. So rather than focusing on being a vegan, or rather than focusing on being a vegetarian, or rather than focusing on eating the right foods from animal protein, why don't we take our consciousness further? Why don't we become aware of love, peace, and harmony in every element of our lives? Whether it's a vegetable, whether it's an animal, if we treat it with love and respect and do what the ancients did, which is eat for our needs, not for our greeds, I am sure most suffering in this world will reduce. Another point, the reason we get attracted to suffering elements is because that is the frequency we are relating to. We have become so accustomed to low frequency that that is our reality. That is where we live and that is what we own. So when I am asking you to own yourself, I'm asking you to own yourself in peace, love and harmony, in tune with the frequency of Mother Earth, in tune with the frequency of the universe. I'm not saying stop living the life you're living. I'm saying start living the life you are given. Start to live rather than exist and try out different ways of living. Try out being a vegetarian, try out being a vegan and then use what we don't usually use, a common sense to find your answers. So you are empowered and you're living your story. You're living your story from your essence, not from intellect, from essence. And living from a sense comes down to eating well, moving well, and sleeping well. So if you want to eat animal protein, eat it because you want to eat it. But don't eat it because you think you need it for protein. Because of what the industry tells you. It's marketing and it's not science. For example, it's not what you eat, it's what you digest. So if you're going to eat 100 grams of protein from animals, you're going to digest or absorb or assimilate much less protein than what a plant would give you. So it balances out. Look at the Shaolin monks. And if you research the diet of a Shaolin monk, you will get your answers. Your animals eat vegetables, which are processed and stored in them, which in turn you eat. So in short, 
you are eating secondary protein and not primary protein. Secondly, look at the bigger and stronger animals. Most of them eat vegetables and most of them chew and chew and chew. And they also eat their vegetables unwashed. So they do get a big serving of insects, bacteria that exist in and around it. A point to be made here, we can't compare ourselves to animals that eat plants. This was simply to give you an understanding or an example. But we can definitely compare ourselves or understand our teeth, our digestive systems. And based on that scientific evidence, we can come to a conclusion that we are not meant to eat animal protein. Let's go a step further. What if you focused on how you felt when you ate animal protein? You will get your answers from there. And of course, there is a time and place to eat and drink everything. For example, in Sweden, where I understand that in the winter time, they don't get access to plant protein or plants. So what they do is they use this concept of eating animals because animals have eaten plants and it's stored in them. In an environment-based scenario, you eat based on what you need, not out of greed. And in my conversations with some farmers in Sweden, they mentioned to me how they might kill an animal, but they do it because they absolutely need it. And the animal is on their farm, it's looked after. And there's a whole sequence of how the animal is taken from its life to be given life to somebody else. I myself am moving away from eating animal protein and I find each day I feel better, lighter and more humane. And that is the essence of who we are and what we should own. Based on all the above scientific data, which is our teeth, our digestive system, it's clear. And because all of you love scientific data, my question is, why not use this part of science to stop eating or try to understand the difference in animal protein and vegetarian protein? Why, based on all the above scientific data, even though it's clear that we should not eat, why do we not follow the evidence? Why then do we follow evidence for things that are convenient for us? Why then do we make choices that are detrimental to us? This is a very interesting question and something to discuss and talk about. In my opinion, it's based on collective consciousness gone wrong. And the trend that moves through our beings that makes us believe in it, even though there is a part of our being that does not agree with it. This causes conflict, and this conflict is what makes us doubt our own instincts. There are many more examples where we doubt our instincts based on the current situation that we are in. We know we are strong enough to handle a virus. We know we can do it 
but there are elements of media and news that all have their opinions. I'm not saying they are here to create a conspiracy. I'm saying everyone has an opinion. And if you don't want to be part of that opinion and create confusion and conflict in your mind, detach from it. Because my question is, how is it serving you to improve who you are and move away from the frequency of fear, of unhappiness, of over-information? I leave that question with you. Remember, you have a choice, just like when you go for a buffet, you choose the foods you want. If you overeat, you know exactly what happens. In the same way, your thoughts are options. Your emotions are options. Information is options. You get to decide what you want to put in and what you don't want to put in. Another laughable example. If someone come and chuck garbage on you, what would you do? You would either run, you would either dodge it, or if you're too slow and complacent, it'll come on you and then you'll go wash up. In the same way, if someone is giving you information that doesn't serve you, why then would you want to keep it in the most important part of your being, your brain and your body? You don't need it. So make that choice and take charge of owning yourself. Take in what you want and let go of things you don't want. For example, there's so much information now about the current time might be a conspiracy. It might be real. It might be overreaction, whatever it may be. How does all these different thought processes and fears serve you? It doesn't. It only serves you in one way to create more confusion and more conflict. So if you want to be well, if you want to be healthy and happy, stay in the now. And the now at this point is my voice and your learning of my voice. Nothing else. Keep yourself busy in the now. Focus on who you are. Focus on things that you don't like about yourself. Let go of those patterns. Bring in the patterns you want. Create your own self, not from somebody else's research on 1% of the population asking you to eat a certain way, asking you to think a certain way. Like I keep saying, even the information I'm sharing with you now will be obsolete in the next 20 days because we will learn so much more. We will dive in deep into no boundaries. We'll dive in deep into understanding our own selves through what we are doing. I hope you are going to understand the depth that we are going to. Right now, like I say, we are on the surface. And as we go deeper, there'll be less explanations and more doing. So get yourself ready for that. It's going to be really exciting. Let's look at another topic for today. Be hungry, not greedy. I'm a firm believer of intention, action, manifestation, but I'm also a firm believer that when you're in the zone, you don't need to ask for anything. It just comes to you. It becomes a part of your being. And that's why MMM, Move, Meditate, Massage, is probably the most important ritual I can ask you to do. Move, meditate, massage. Move, meditate, massage. Make it a part of your being. Mantra it. 
Remember, being hungry for what you want is very important. But in that hunger, it's important not to get stuck into desperation. It's like trying to catch sand in your hand. The more you squeeze it, the more it runs away. And this is a law of the universe. When you ask for something, ask for it and continue your penance or your practice. If you get stuck in the asking, that's the frequency you're stuck in. That will drain you, that will make you feel desperate and lose confidence in yourself. If you were a hunter and if you were hungry, let's look at this as a story. You knew how to manage your hunger and not lose focus on the process. You would be a successful hunter. But if you were at the mercy of hunger and the hunger got to you, your awareness would be incomplete and you would make mistakes, thus leading to an unsuccessful hunt. Same way, be hungry for what you want, chalk out the strategy, work towards it, work on the process and own the process. It's like shooting a bow and arrow. You're aware of all that happens and your focus is still on the target. You're aware of your breath. You slow it down. You manage your heart rate and then you let go. And at that point of letting go of release, wind, distance fall into place. This is where your intuition, skill and practice comes in. Same way, be hungry, chalk it out, and then fire away. Control what you can and let go of what you can't. Trust in yourself. And trust that that process is accurate. Let me share a mythical story from an Indian traditional text. I'm going to read this out to you. In the Mahabharata, Ekalavya was adopted son of Hiranyadhinu, who in some accounts was King Rasanda's army commander, and in others, the tribal chieftain of the Nishadas. So basically, there was an adopted son who was the king's son, and there was an army commander and the tribal chieftain of the Nishadas. Ekvalya, the star that we are talking about, wanted to become a disciple of Dronacharya, the guru of all gurus. But that guru rejected him. Not to be discouraged, the star, Ekvalya, made a statue of the famed teacher, Mr. Dronacharya, the gurus of all gurus, from mud that the guru used to walk upon. And the superstar, Ekvalya, used to worship this mud statue. He then began a discipline program of self-study over many years. And it is true, even though this is mythology, that we can connect with gurus or masters and bring in their consciousness. Because essentially, they are part of the cosmos anyway. Coming back to the story, one day, when Dronacharya, the gurus of all gurus, his students were out in the forest. Arjuna, 
who was a prince or prince's son, saw a dog that was unable to bark due to a construction of arrows in and all around his mouth. The construction was contrived in such a way that the dog could not bark, yet it did not harm the animal. The gurus of all gurus, Drona, who was out with Arjuna, the prince, and other students, was amazed and wished to meet the archer who had accomplished such an extraordinary feat. When Ekwalia, the superstar that we are talking about, appeared, the gurus of gurus Drona asked him who his guru was. Ekwalia, the superstar, replied, saying that Drona himself was his guru and explained that he had milked a mud statue from the mud that this guru used to walk on. Arjuna, the prince, who was supposed to be number one archer, confronted his guru for breaking his promise to make Arjuna the greatest archer in the world. So Arjuna, the prince, was promised by the guru of all gurus that he will make him the best archer in the world. In order to remedy the situation, the gurus of all gurus asked for the right thumb of Ekwalya, the superstar, as his fee or the guru Dakshina or donation generally paid to a master or a guru or a priest. Ekwalya, without thinking, severed his thumb and offered it to Drona as asked, while being aware that by doing so, he would lose his promise as an archer. Remember, the thumb is the most important part for the archer. In spite of the loss of the right thumb, he was still noted as a very powerful archer and warrior. In short, he let go of his excuses and he kept focusing on his journey or his goal. This, my friends, is a very important story. If you're hungry, you will get to where you want to go with sincerity, with dedication, and with discipline. But if you're greedy, not only will you ask for people's thumbs to be severed, but you will move into the frequency of darkness and the frequency of not serving you. It's important to understand what is right for you and what is not right for you. But it is also understand or important to understand how to connect with the frequency of health and happiness, of purity, of the vibrations of OM, the vibration of what serves you and what serves the universe, not out of selfishness, but out of collective consciousness of a community and of us living together and working with each other to improve each other's health and wellness.